It's Friday, May 12th, and this is Pennsylvania Legacies, the podcast series from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council. I'm Josh Rollerson. What does a single mom living in a low-income Philadelphia neighborhood have in common with a retired couple in an affluent suburb a few miles away? What does a central Pennsylvania farmer have in common with an immigrant family in Lancaster County? More than you might think, especially if they share a watershed or an electric utility or if they breathe the same air. I think what we're starting to see is the intersectionality of environmental justice issues, whether that be from food deserts to watersheds in areas that aren't environmental justice communities. How do they interact with Pennsylvanians where they are? The Office of Environmental Justice in the State Department of Environmental Protection is currently on a statewide tour, gathering input from Pennsylvanians in nine counties on the environmental issues their communities face. And I think by looking at issues on a macro level, uh, you sort of bring more folks to the table and you start to see the similarities in communities that you may once have not seen before. We'll hear more about DEP's listening tour from Environmental Justice Director Carl Jones coming up. Funding for Pennsylvania's Growing Greener program is down nearly 75% over the last decade. That means far less money for parks and trails, fish hatcheries, farmland preservation, abandoned mineland reclamation, and scores of other local projects. Members of the Growing Greener Coalition, which includes PEC, are trying to change that. Supporters staged a rally Tuesday in Harrisburg calling on the General Assembly to revive Growing Greener with a new round of funding. Coalition Director Andrew Heath says while funding has declined in recent years, the need has only grown more urgent. We have 19,000 miles of streams and rivers that are impaired. Abandoned mines scar nearly 200,000 acres, causing more than 5,500 miles of dead streams and rivers. More than 1,800 family farms remain on a waiting list to be protected. And the majority of the state's 6,000 local parks and more than 11,000 miles of trails need significant upgrades. Delaware County Senator Tom Killian introduced legislation last year that would establish Growing Greener 3 and provide $315 million in annual investments. He's getting ready to reintroduce the measure in the Senate. The trails we have, the open space we have, has increased the quality of life, it's increased home values, it, it, our children have a place to go and play, our streams are cleaner, we can't stop now. We could get this done. We could get this done, and with your help, we will get this done. Let's pass Growing Greener 3. The 2016 bill attracted a dozen co-sponsors, including both Republicans and Democrats. Heath says a House version is forthcoming, also with bipartisan sponsorship. Growing Greener was created in 1999 with funding from landfill tipping fees. Pennsylvanians voted overwhelmingly in 2005 to supplement that initial funding with a $625 million bond. At the time, support was as high as 75 percent in southeastern Pennsylvania, where lawmakers from both parties have embraced the program. This is not a partisan issue. This should protecting the environment should be a bipartisan issue. That's Republican Representative Gene DiGirolamo of Bucks County, echoing sentiments voiced earlier by Democratic Senator John Udicek of Luzerne County. How many programs can bring together environmentalists that value sustainable ecosystem and protecting the environment with capitalists and businessmen and women across Pennsylvania who recognize that investing in Pennsylvania's natural resources is an investment in a sustainable economy. You can learn more about Growing Greener and see video from Tuesday's rally at the Capitol at pagrowinggreener.org and we'll link from pecpa.org. 
Office of Environmental Justice within the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection began in the mid-90s. That's when a group in Delaware County sued DEP over its permitting process for waste facilities. The plaintiffs argued DEP's process violated the 1964 Civil Rights Act because it disproportionately impacted African Americans in the predominantly black city of Chester. The case made it all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. And while the court never delivered a ruling, the lawsuit did lead to the creation of a working group within DEP that eventually evolved into today's Office of Environmental Justice. This spring, the office is visiting sites all over the state to hear directly from residents. To learn more about the listening tour and DEP's environmental justice program, we're joined now by its director, Carl Jones. Sitting in, we also have acting DEP Secretary Patrick McDonald. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks, Josh. Thank you for having us. To start with, can we kind of lay out the concept of environmental justice for those who aren't familiar with it? Where did this idea get started? And tell me more about its history in Pennsylvania. Certainly, I can sort of do that for you, Josh. Uh, The concept of environmental justice really originated as an offshoot of the civil rights and environmental movements of the 60s and 70s. Uh, It sort of evolved uh, in the early 1990s with the first environmental justice conference held in D.C. where they created 17 principles which sort of guide the concept that we currently define as environmental justice. Here in Pennsylvania, we've we've traditionally defined environmental justice using uh, minority status and uh, income status in order to help define those communities. From that definition, right now we have approximately 851 EJ communities in Pennsylvania. That sort of definition was derived from the internal working group that started in 1999 here in Pennsylvania, followed by a 2001 report that was issued to the department, which also created the Office of Environmental Advocate, now what we call the Office of Environmental Justice. And that was preceded in 2004 by the environmental justice policy that we currently have in place. As you know, Pennsylvania is a big state, distinct regions, different issues affecting each of those communities, and which I, I gather is one reason you're going on tour to, to get the, the broadest uh, the scope of input as you can on those issues. But what are those issues as they map out by region? What are different Pennsylvania communities dealing with? Uh, I think sort of, Josh, you, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, the reason we're doing these nine sort of stops uh, as many different locations in the Commonwealth as possible is because each sort of region has its own sort of character and issues that they're faced with, uh, whether that be the urbanization of the southeastern portion of the state uh, or the southwestern portion of the state or the issues that may be faced in agrarian and rural communities and how do we define environmental justice where our census tracts may not accurately reflect the issues that are affecting in those communities. So one of the things that we've at least seen in some of the earlier listening sessions, we've just done two now uh, in Waynesburg, which is in Greene County, and in Pittsburgh and Allegheny County, what we've seen is our our current definition may not take into effect some communities that may be uh, as affected as those traditional communities that we consider environmental justice communities. So those issues can range anywhere from um, creation of plants to the origination of of coal-fired plants to the unconventional uh, gas well drilling in the southwestern corner of the state. And what about, say, uh, say the Philadelphia area? What are some of the important issues there? I, obviously, you haven't gotten there yet on the tour, but what are you anticipating? Uh, I think some of the issues that we may be anticipating from the southeastern portion may have to deal with stormwater. Uh, they may sort of relate to the 
pipeline projects. There may be issues as it relates to clustering of industrial issues, uh, air quality attainment. Those are all issues that I think we may hear from community members about. You talked about the the two sessions that, as we're taping, you've already held in the western part of the state. Um, Can you give me a little more detail? How did those go over? What kind of uh, feedback did you get from people in attendance? Those uh, listening sessions went over, I think, fairly well. Some of the feedback uh, I think that we have gotten and and something that sort of stuck with me uh, yesterday was from a, a young woman who gave testimony as it related to a small watershed in her community. And the question was asked, you know, if you look at environmental justice just as being a downstream issue in this situation, if the watershed starts in a community that isn't environmental justice, does it affect the environmental justice community any less just from where the source originates? So I think some of the things that we've already began to see is sort of the process upon which we think about environmental justice. The department has traditionally looked at environmental justice as it related to permitting in a uh, sort of myopic focus. And I think what we're starting to see is the intersectionality of environmental justice issues, whether that be from food deserts to watersheds in areas that aren't environmental justice communities. But how do they interact with Pennsylvanians where they are? That's really interesting. I, as you were talking, I was thinking about the TMD alternative project in the Wissahickon Valley watershed, which is something I've, I've done a little bit of reporting on. And it struck me how by thinking about a larger watershed as a connected region, as opposed to these individual municipalities, that something about that change in mindset really makes opens up new possibilities that weren't there before. Do you see this as a way of bringing disparate communities together around environmental issues, even if they may not have much in common uh, demographically, I guess? I think so. I think the the concept of environmental justice is something that I think everyone can get behind. And that's really to, to make sure that all citizens of the Commonwealth have equal access and equal seat at the table. And that's really what this sort of office is focused on. I think by looking at issues on a mac- macro level, uh, you sort of bring more folks to the table and you start to see the similarities in communities that you may once have not seen before. Uh, uh, and this, this is, uh, Pat, I, I'd also offer, I think we need uh, to make better use of technology and in different outlets to reach uh, some of these communities. You know, one of the reasons, as you stated, that we're even doing the listening tour as as kind of the starting point for the effort is to meet people where they're where they are, meet people uh, where they live, and and see what their experiences are. And one of the things we're hearing back is. We need to figure out some more tools in the toolbox, even to reach them as, as we're doing everything from a permit decision uh, to a grant offering uh, to to explaining what we're seeing in terms of inspections and, and violations within communities. So just the, the uh, interaction and, and really getting the personal stories and being able to put a face on uh, what the interactions are is, is a critical thing as well. And so what are you going to be doing with all of those those personal stories and all the information you gather when you bring it back? How does this get synthesized and what use does it get put to? Well, I, I think the, the there's there's really two elements to that in my mind. One is um, what we'll do with the information. We're having all of these transcribed. We also have a comment period 
that's open right now so we can accept feedback. But but the the second piece of it, which is is I think more critical, is for us this is start of a conversation. We have an environmental justice advisory board. We're gonna be engaged in uh, a broader external stakeholder process. So we can continue to accept the feedback, continue to uh, refine our approach to public participation and environmental justice, and never assume we have a pen down on this. Uh, we'll always be looking, making sure that we're taking advantage of whatever the newest tools are, whatever the, the uh, best ways to interact within these communities are. So you are taking the show on the road. You're going to be making stops all over the state. If people want to find out uh, where's the, the best way to meet up with you in their area, where do they find that information? If they go to the department's website and then look for the environmental justice uh, tab, there is a section that lays out the environmental justice listening sessions. On that tab, we'll lay out all of the locations uh, in addition to the contact information to send in feedback uh, via electronic means through our uh, email address, uh, which is dep-oej at pa.gov as well as the mailing address so they can send information and comments in to us at. And there is a, there's a deadline for the comment period. When does, when does that run out? That runs on May the 25th. Okay, so coming up. And, and would the website also be the place to check back later after this process is played out to learn more about what you discovered? Yes, that will be the place to look. Right. We will definitely include a link on our website. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank, Thank you. you. Carl Jones is director of the Office of Environmental Justice in the State Department of Environmental Protection. And Patrick McDonald is acting secretary at DEP, although by the time you're hearing this, it's possible he's no longer just acting. The Senate Environment Committee voted unanimously this week to recommend his confirmation as permanent head of the department. That leaves it up to the full Senate. A confirmation vote's expected later this month. Our thanks to Mark Dubrovec and Commonwealth Media Services in Harrisburg for engineering help with this episode. You can find all of our past episodes archived on the website, which is at peckpa.org, P-E-C-P-A.org. You can also subscribe in iTunes or find us in SoundCloud, and please rate and review the show. We release new episodes of the podcast every Friday, so check back in next week. Until then, for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, I'm Josh Rollerson. Thanks for listening. <laughs>